Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive. And that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Hey, waiting warriors. Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm your host and only guest today. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode. And this is the first time I'm doing a solo episode on YouTube. So if you're watching, please forgive me. Um, I'm not used to like teaching or talking with video at, at this length, I guess. Um, but something has been on my mind a lot and in a lot of conversations that I've been having with other waiting lawyers. So I thought, hey, let's do a podcast episode. If I'm talking to enough people about it in DMs on Instagram, then um, maybe I, that makes me think that a podcast episode is called for and worthy. So it's February. Ooh, it's Valentine's Day. Um, so we have to talk about love. Actually, Austin would be really disappointed <laughs> and horrified at that notion if like, we had to talk about it because Valentine's Day, when this airs, Valentine's Day will have just happened. Um, funny tidbit, Austin doesn't like believe in Valentine's Day. He does not agree with the notion that somebody decided that there's a day that he has to, like, that is the day to show your wife love. We're kind of really not snooty. We're, we're stubborn, prideful people that's like, don't tell me what to do. So yeah, those are his feelings about Valentine's Day, but that's, that's not why I've come with, up with the episode. Honestly, like, Again, I've been in a marriage where Valentine's Day doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, there's been a year where he surprised me. There's been a year where I surprised him. But we sh we show each other that we love each other all year round. And so the only reason I have to remember Valentine's Day is when my kids bring home their paper from school saying, here's the name of all the kids who in the class so you can address the Valentines. And it's like, oh, yeah, my kids need to make those. Anyways, so no, this episode is not because it's Valentine's Day. If it helps you because it's Valentine's Day, awesome. Um, but my purpose is simply because this is something that has been asked about and I've been talking to people a lot about and I've been thinking a lot about it. And when something's on my heart and mind, I want to share it with you guys because I'm learning things and I feel like we learn best together. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the waiting warriors. So how to keep your military service member, um, I think this applies most definitely for our first responders, our firefighters, our um, law enforcement, how to keep your service marriage from suffering. Because like we know, divorce rates are really high. Um, problems can be rampant 
um, it's really easy to get to that point in your marriage. So I think we need to do something that is relatively simple, but that can really remedy a lot of the problems. I'm not saying it's like the end all be all fix. I think this is um, super preventative of a lot of problems, which I think that education is the best prevention. I feel like prevention is the best medicine and it's just the best thing that we can do for our marriage is to educate and prevent, like make actions now that can prevent or ease problems later. That's what I wanna do, that's my goal. Like I don't wanna just wait for problems to happen. I want to strengthen my marriage now. And I think a really easy way that we can do that is to date our spouse. Now, I know that there are a lot of um, roadblocks that can come up and we're gonna talk about that. But um, here's what I've been told and I've learned for myself about marriage. I've always been told that marriage takes work and effort, always. Like I um, just grew up with that. But I've learned that more importantly, Love takes effort, humility, forgiveness, and work. I think a lot of us believe that love is this thing, a magical thing, um, that if two people are meant to be, then they will be. And I don't necessarily believe that. I think that's a whole bunch of baloney. Like, it just, um, I think if two people will be, it's because they choose to be. Not that because the universe will align things, you know, I think it's their choice. And whether you agree with me or not, you, you are entitled to that opinion, but that's at least what I've seen. I've never actually seen the, the notion that if two people are meant to be, then it will be happen in real life. What I have seen is two sets of grandparents be married for decades and still looking at each other with an incredibly deep love and admiration and laughing with each other until one of them passed away. I've seen my own parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, um, cousins be married, some of them still together, some of them divorced. I've seen military couples at various stages, brand new, 20 years in, 30 years in, um, because of Austin being in the chaplaincy, we get to associate and talk with couples that did, oh gosh, like maybe 30, 30 plus years in the military and now are still um, highly involved, but they're married for however many years. Um, some of them able to navigate these crazy roller coasters and some divorced and standing at the retirement ceremony alone, which is like, I know I mentioned that a lot because that's just like the most depressing picture for me. Um, being in the service like would be to us have not made that moment. Like that's an accomplishment in my mind that we should both make because of what it means for us. Um, so I'm not claiming to be all knowing and have the ins and outs of why each marriage has been successful or not. I fully recognize that I 
only know like a small fraction of what happened in that marriage. But what I do know is what I've observed and all I've been able to at least attempt to implement in my own marriage. I, you know, I will be the first to know. And you guys, if you've listened to a lot of the podcasts, you've heard me admit so many of my faults. Like I am not always good at being married. Luckily, I have a very, very forgiving spouse. Um, but we try. And there are things that I have, that we have implemented that have worked and things that we recognize aren't working. So people in the civilian world typically have times before reality hits them, right? Like there's that honeymoon phase before life really throws something that makes it clear that either you will work on your marriage, you will choose your spouse and you will work on that love you have for each other, or there will be consequences. Do you, do you have any guess how long a service member, a a service marriage, sorry, has? My guess is like five days on average. (laughs) And why I say that is if you think about it, sorry, if you think about it, how many of you got married right before your service member deployed? How many of you were long distance within the first year of your marriage? How many of you had a spouse's job just throw a wrench in life within the first year, month, or even week? How many of you had your um, spouse's work schedule become night shift or graveyard? That's like the worst in my opinion, just to totally throw your human cycle upside down. Just sounds like the worst. But it happens, and it happens to all of us, and we hear it all the time on this podcast, like, we got married quickly, and then he deployed. Within the first year, we moved to Germany, and I lived in this small village, and then he deployed, um, or he was training a lot. Like, we know this happens, and most of us experienced it. For me, it was, we got married. uh, We got married in April. He joined the Army in July, I got pregnant in August. He went away to boot camp in October. He came home a month before the baby was born. And within a year of our marriage, all of that had happened. And now a baby was born. So just a few things like life just throws. And the reality is that your marriage isn't going to magically stay strong throughout everything and you and your spouse are constantly changing because all of those experiences mold you. If they didn't, then I would say you're a robot, but we're not robots. We're humans and our experiences are supposed to change us. They're supposed to change your spouse. So don't get mad at yourself or your spouse for that happening. You just need to keep that connection and you need to keep growing together because life changes us. And if you If you don't want to just become roommates, which I know I at least hear all the time on the military side, like he came home from his deployment there in the middle of reintegration, and it just feels like you're living with a stranger and you just have a roommate. You need to date each other because you have changed. You will change. You will continue to change. 
And you need to continuously be building that connection and deepen that love. It's not just going to happen magically. That feeling that, um, I don't know all the sciencey terms, right? Like whatever happens to us physically and the flutteries and the, the honeymoon phase of love. I know, I don't know all the scientific stuff, like that's all jargon, but I do know it doesn't last forever. But what can last is those connections that you create, that relationship that you build, that work, that humility, that effort that you put towards loving that person. Not just thinking you're going to magically love this person, but the effort that you put to loving and serving them is what will push back on the reality and make sure that no matter what life throws at you, you choose each other and you constantly choose each other because you love each other and you love each other because you have the connection. And I'm realizing I'm kind of talking really fast. So sorry, but that's just kind of what I do sometimes, <laughs> especially because I'm nervous, but hopefully you guys understand what I'm trying to say. So let's, let's talk about how we do this. Cause I really hate when I'm listening to stuff and um, like, especially business stuff, business stuff does it all the time. Like we're going to teach you this and they show me the problem and then the teaching ends and I leave. I'm like, yeah, need, I need to address this problem. And then I realize, well, shoot, I have no idea how I should do this. <laughs> and I hate just having to I hate seeing a problem and having no idea how to figure it out. So I want to, to give you guys some things that you can do because I know it's not as simple as just saying, okay, we're going to set aside every second and fourth Friday and we're going to go on a date. I know a lot of civilians can do that, right? They don't, but they don't have, um, shift changes. They don't have TDYs. They don't have unpredictable schedules. They don't have field trainings or, or deployments where your spouse is not there. Right. But that is something that we get to, uh, not deal with. We get to handle and get creative with our solution. <laughs> At least thinking about it that way helps me feel a little bit better. So here are some tips on how to date during separation, because you're going to have a lot of separations. You're going to have a lot of field trainings or, I mean, field trainings, it's kind of hard. You just got to wait a little bit sometimes, but luckily those aren't too long. Um, but TDYs, deployments, those kind of things um, on the reserve or National Guard side, I know you have your annual trainings where you're gone for however long. There's JRTC, like all of those things. Um, I'm talking about the times where they have access to some sort of technology, right? Which I know can range. Typically nowadays we're lucky they get to have their phones. So first plan a time that you guys should be able to both be on the phone, either talking with each other or FaceTiming, Skype, what is it? Like Google Hangout, there's a Zoom, there's a million different options, right? So pick a time where you should both be able to make it work and then have a backup time because especially during a deployment um, or something like JRTC, like there's 
it's just bound to happen that something happens during that time. And it just helps me to have a backup because then it's like, if we were planning on Friday and then something happens Friday, then we just try again the next night. You know what I mean? So it's not like we totally lose. So if we can think of two nights in the week where it works, even if it's like Tuesday and Friday and we try Tuesday and Tuesday doesn't work, then it's like, okay, that's a bummer, but a few more days and we should be able to see each other and have a date, right? Okay. Two, decide what you're going to do. Now, we personally, what's worked for us in the past has been to play games with each other on our phones. Um, I have no idea what non-iPhones have, um, but iPhones have like the games where it's basically just like texting and you're playing with each other. There are a million options out there though. So many apps where you can do joint games. Um, so we like to play game like solitaire. No, solitaire is a one person game. What's it? Um, with the battleship, battleships, duh. The game with the battleships where you're trying to get each other's battleships. There's a basketball game. There's chess. There's all, all sorts of games um, that we like to play with each other. And then we'll either be like FaceTiming while we do that or um, just talking on the phone. So while we're playing those games, we're talking. But we try to be very intentional with our conversations because when you are separated, it is really, really easy to put a lot of pressure on the conversation to, um, it, it can get like awkward and boring is, um, it like sounds terrible. But I know, I know Austin would agree with me because there's only so many times that you can say what you did today because sometimes with TDYs or deployments or like you at home and them gone are doing pretty much the same thing every day, right? Like, and you can only talk about how you took the kids to school, you fed them and you did all the other responsibilities that you have to do, and they can talk about how they uh, completed the mission, especially when they can't say a whole lot about what they're doing. You know what I mean? So if you are intentional, though, about the conversation you're having, and you kind of have a plan for it, then for, for us, that really eases that problem and fixes that problem. So what I mean by have a plan for it, one, don't like put pressure on this date, but you just have some questions prepared. Um, there's a million questions on Pinterest. They, um, there's a variety of like, you know, really deepening your relationship where you ask them about their past, but not like, what's the funniest thing you did in seventh grade, but like, what's something you admire or don't admire about your parents? Those can be really telling conversations, but I think you should talk with your spouse about what kind of a place they're in. Um, because if they've had a really, really bad hard day, or you've had a really bad hard day, uh, a deep 
heavier, um, you know, like that kind of a conversation about what's your deepest fear or um, what's the thing that you're afraid of most with marriage or whatever, that's not really the day to have that conversation. Um, you want to stay more on like the funny, just simple get to know you sides. Do you know what I mean? Not that you can't have those conversations. I just think you need to read each other and read your spouse and be respectful of that because you should be respectful of that if they're home too, right? I think it's just easier to read your spouse when they're home. So you just need to make sure you are like openly ask them. Um, but you can go on a walk to with each other and just like hold the phone and walk around. Um, you can dream about a vacation. That is one we love to do either like a realistic dream or just like, oh, what if we go to Europe or what if we go to Hawaii or, you know, I don't, I don't care if you have the money to do it or whatever, but just dream, dream together about a vacations. Those are all ones we've done and loved. Honestly, during our separations that we've experienced so far, I have been really low on energy. So we never did anything crazy, but again, um, Pinterest for the win. If you want to look up more involved things, more creative things, just type in, um, I've done it a number of times, just type in long distance date ideas. And there's a ton of things. You can do art projects together. Um, there's online art classes, like just YouTube art classes, all sorts of things to do. Um, I know what are they called? They're called dating divas. They have a whole bunch of ideas too that you could make work for long distance. But just remember to not put a whole lot of pressure on the moment because while you're trying to connect, you want to connect. You don't want to, um, you're still both individually going through a really crazy time. So if there's a ton of pressure to force that connection, to force the romance, um, then it can get really hard because you're, you already have so much stress and then you have the stress of the pressure that you're putting on the moment. So just try to make it about connecting with each other. Have a plan so it's not just, like I said, looking at each other awkwardly like, oh, I miss you. And you say that a million times. Like, it just, that, those, those are the conversations that I wish I could take not take back, but do better. Um, the times where I just, I, that's what I said and that's what I did. And that's what I thought, um, should connect us is our love and our missing for each other. Um, but it didn't, it just made things harder and put more stress on the situation and our marriage. So that's my two cents on making a plan and things that you can do. Uh, number three, you need to put the kids to bed early. If you have kids, put the kids to bed early so you don't get interrupted. That's just like the worst. And then four, just chill out and enjoy each other. If you feel stuck on how to, how to really show love or feel love, I 
with with the distance, I really recommend the Five Love Languages. I'm sure you've heard of it. There is a military edition, and I think that that is the one you should read if you are doing any sort of separation. Um, there are just long distance tips and suggestions for each of the love languages um, because I think in the original book or whatever edition, it's just more about, you know, being together because that's what most people get to do. They get to physically be with their spouse or loved one. And, you know, we have separations and we have to deal with those. And it's not just like, oh, well, you're in a separation, so you're screwed. You can't feel love. You can't show love. There are so many things that we can do. If you feel stuck and awkward in the conversation, be intentional with those questions. Um, start with fun ones. If it feels like your conversation is just really stale and awkward and you feel like um, they don't want to talk to you or you don't know what to say, whatever, start with the funny ones. Start with the super light ones um, just so you can spark those ideas and that habit and that that feeling in your marriage. Now, what to do about when they're home? Because when they're home, there's a different set of problems, right? Um, they're not coming home until seven o'clock, sometimes every night. Um, and you want family time. And there are a million things to do. And everything is closed right now. So you have no idea what to do. All your traditional ideas are done. Um, there's a million projects around the house. They're just straight up tired. You're straight up tired. Um, you're on opposite schedules because of work schedules or whatever. So like the long distance tip tips, I think it's most important to really just talk to each other. Focus on that. Don't put pressure on on it being the most romantic thing. Sometimes a nice romantic night is nice, but I don't think that that's what it has to be every time. I think the most important thing is that you are actually talking to each other and not just, hey, how was your week? But specific questions. Ask about projects that they are working on. Um, if you know what their like mission, the mission for the unit is, if they have something special going on, ask, you know, what does that mean for you? What kind of stuff are you working on every day? Um, ask for lowlights and highlights of the week. Getting to know you questions again. Um, it could be fun to just whip out your phone and have him pick some. Um, this or that questions can be really, really fun. Like, would you rather kiss a lizard or a squirrel? Would you rather find $5 in your pocket or, I don't know, like a specialty coin? You know, th just those kind of totally random ones that just make you laugh about each other. Maybe you'll learn about each other. Um, never have I ever could be fun. All those kind of things that are more than just the 
mundane, the repetitive things about life, you know, um, we typically try to not talk about our kids in the sense of like, um, because like we don't never talk about our kids, but we don't talk about the issues I'm having, I guess, because for, for me, my kids are my work, right? Like that's what I'm doing 24 seven and the date is supposed to be the break and, and dating my spouse is about connecting with my spouse. So sometimes we'll talk and we'll process through things, but that's not all we talk about. And it's how we're talking about it is really important. It's not just bringing it up. It's not, we're not going over the calendar. That's really lame. That's, that's not necessarily connection. There's a time and a place, and I think you should do that. But dating your spouse is about getting to know your spouse because they're constantly changing, right? And so are you. It's about learning about each other and, and just falling in love with them every time. You know, there have been so, so many conversations that my husband and I have had on dates where it's just like, we're random things, random things. And just the way he's talking and he's lighting up about this subject. And it's like, you just, you can have those moments where you're like, man, I just love him so much. And are we talking about, I don't know, anything huge? No, sometimes there, there have been times where he's like talking about his dream and I just melt. I get like weak in the knees because he is so passionate and he has such a big heart. And I'm like, holy cow, I just love this man. But it's also when he's talking about ridiculous things that he did as a kid or why he thinks, um, Oh, there was a really funny one. We were talking about something so random and he was just having this like random ridiculous argument for something ridiculous. Like it was kind of like a, not a Dwight moment. He's not Dwight. That's not what I mean. But like, like that kind of an argument, you know, where it's just over something ridiculous and he is just being so witty and funny and just claiming all these ridiculous things. And it's like, I love this man. You know, you, it, it, those kind of moments aren't always going to be over a candlelight dinner. They're not going to be, um, the, the classic romantic hallmark or, um, all the, the reality TV shows, you know, like it's not, those kind of moments, I think it's when you're actually connecting with each other that your heart can just open up and say, I love this person, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just how it works for me, but I think it really, really works. So the other thing too is movie nights are great, but again, I don't know how much you personally connect with each other. You can argue with me if you want, but I think a waiting warrior couple needs more intentionality and to use that time that you have together as wisely as possible. Now, with that being said, like I said before, a lot of our separations, I've been low energy. A lot of our marriage, I have been pregnant. I'm pregnant for the fifth time in less than nine years. That is a lot of months 
you can like calculate it out if you want. That's nine months of being pregnant for four plus times, plus all the months of nursing and waking up in the middle of the night. And that is a lot of exhausted Michelle, especially when I'm pregnant. I am exceptionally tired and I have four little kids at home and a super busy husband who is super tired and drained too. So not every season for us has been a go learn how to dance season. I, I know that like that there will be a time for that, right? For us, it's just not going to be when I'm pregnant because come nighttime, I'm like, I'm just exhausted and I really want to dance with him, but I, I just physically can't do it. So it might be more dinner in a movie, but make sure you have that like dinner time. You're really talking with each other. You're really connecting with each other. Um, do you know what I mean? Like there's just got to be that balance. And again, accept the season for what it is because you don't want to put too much pressure on it. Right now, if I was just like stubborn, like all we do is watch shows and all we do is go to dinner and blah, 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 blah. And, we, and I put so much pressure on what our relationship should look like. I mean, one, that'd be kind of ridiculous because I'm the pregnant, tired lady, <laughs> but it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't serve our marriage if I really need to, and I feel up for a different kind of date, then I need to plan that date and I need to put forth that effort. But again, just make sure it's a date where you can connect with each other, do something new. Um, just keep connecting, keep, keep finding ways to show your love for each other, um, to learn new things together, cook in the kitchen together, um, and just find ways to choose each other over and over again and to cherish each other over and over again. It's not a, a one and done type thing. So that's my spiel. That's what's been on my heart. That's what I've been thinking a lot about. Um, it's just, we need to be more intentional with the time that we have with our spouses because it is, there's, there's all the life things that get in the way for everybody, right? Especially if you have kids and the older they get, they're going to have their activities and you have your activities and you have your needs and he has his needs. And there then, and then there's the job and our jobs require so much. So all of those things, you know, cut down the 24 hours in a day to just very few moments that we really get with each other to connect with each other. So just make sure you're being intentional, making sure you are, you're just putting that effort and that energy towards growing your love and making your marriage work. So go get a babysitter, look at your spouse and say, hey, hot stuff, let's go on a date. If you need to, you can like roll your, roll your shoulder a little bit. That's a, that's a good move, right? Roll your shoulder, raise your eyebrows, and then go spend some time together and have fun doing it. And remember, just because life's hard doesn't mean it's miserable. And I think a really, really good way to make it not miserable is having fun and connecting with your spouse all along the way. Have a good week, guys.
If you are loving this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review. Reviews help other waiting warriors out there find this amazing community and resource. It will go a long way and only takes like five seconds. Thanks so much.